The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll, and it's leap year tomorrow, February 29th. You won't get another one of those for four more years, but you will get another Duff McKagan joke of the week right now and next Friday and so on and so on. He's never let us down yet. Let's see where the Duffster has got today. Quick Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. You know, uh, there's this old guy who moved into an old folks' home, you know, but they got a pool and they got all the stuff, workout place and all that stuff. And uh, uh, he's sitting by the pool uh, one day, and a woman there at the, at the old folks' home, she comes up, she goes, uh, if you drop your shorts and I can see your balls, I can tell you how old you are. She goes, there's no way. She goes, yeah, do it. So he does. He drops his shorts, she looks at his balls, and uh, she goes, you're 82. He goes, well, how the hell do you know that? She said, well, you told me yesterday. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Um, well, uh, it's one that can only come from the mouth and brain of Duff McKagan, or maybe Axel had something to do with that one. Duff gets a lot of uh, his jokes of the week from Axel. And Guns are in the middle of rehearsals, uh, getting ready for their upcoming tour, telling jokes, whatever they're doing. They're headed to Mexico and South America uh, next month. And then the North American Summer 2020 Stadium Tour kicks off July 4th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Get your tickets at GunsNRoses.com and get your tickets to rock with Fozzie as well. That's right. We're hitting the road on the Save the World Tour. We're starting April 16th in Savannah, Georgia. April, uh, April 17th, 98 Rock Fest in Tampa. Uh, 18th WJRR's birthday birthday in Orlando. Then we're hitting Chattanooga, Johnson City, Tennessee at Capone's. That one's sold out. Sorry, guys. Uh, we're headed to uh, Charlotte, Nashville, Louisville, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Buffalo, Iowa City, Minneapolis uh, for the Twin City Takeover, the Target Center, Lincoln, uh, the Cadot Rock Fest in Wisconsin. We're going to the Kiss Cruise for Halloween, October 30th. Got lots of big gigs coming up. And shows are selling out, so go to fozzyrock.com. Donate up like the people in Johnson City who missed out as we sold out. Also got the best VIP meet and greet program in the world today. We take pictures, sign autographs, and we do a mini concert for you. Uh, one of the better VIP experiences that you're going to get in rock and roll. And, jeez, uh, we're already sold out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I believe we're sold out in uh, Pittsburgh as well. So go to fozzyrock.com and do not get left behind. Come join us. Uh, don't be scared. We want you to come rock with Fozzie, but we want you to be scared today because it's Return to the Paranormal with some inside stories from one of the most haunted prisons in America, the Ohio State Reformatory Prison. It's the same prison where the movie Shawshank Redemption was filmed. A few music videos have been filmed there as well. Godsmack, Eric Church most recently. We're going to focus mostly on the paranormal sightings at the prison over the years and the stories about some of the inmates. I've got Dan, Zoe, and Alina who all work at the prison giving paranormal tours. Alina is a fourth-generation employee of the prison. Her dad and grandfather and great-grandfather were all guards. Her grandmother worked on the administrative side as well, so she's got stories to share from their experiences. We recorded this on the grounds of the prison during broad daylight, uh, so we stayed away from some of the the, uh, the shadows and, and, and spirits, even though the band Shinedown went later on that night after their set and saw a bunch of uh, orbs and moving lights and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of crazy things going on in the Ohio State Reformatory Prison, the most haunted prison in America, right here, right now, on Talk is Jericho. Okay, so 
we played this really cool show today at the Ohio Reformatory. Reform, reformatory? Reformatory, that's reformatory, it. Right. And basically, it's uh, a big festival that's in the exact same place where they filmed um, Shawshank Redemption. But when I was talking about doing this show, I found out that the, the uh, prison is a little haunted. That's exact. I mean, that's kind of what the rumor is. So I'm here with three employees. Yeah. You guys work. It's got, got Dan, I got Alana. Yep. And Zoe. Now, you guys work at the prison, because this place, I was just inside of it, and it's pretty creepy inside, because it's a real, legit prison. It's not a movie set, even though they filmed Shawshank here, sure. it's pretty legit. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the history of the prison, because you go in there, and it looks, like, scary. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we opened our doors um, in 1896. Uh-huh. Uh, we were a facility for young first-time offenders between the ages of 15 and 35, um, and then we were that minimum security prison up until about 1959-1960. And then we were a full maximum security prison for the worst of the worst in the state of Ohio up until December 31st of 1990. That's when we closed our doors. Um, but directly behind us, there are two active prisons, and they took over what we left off on. So you said this was for the worst of the worst. Yes. Like yeah. the serial killers and murderers <laughs> yep. and everything yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah. Now, why <clears throat> did the doors close? So um, in 1975, there was a, um, a lawsuit of sorts. So the Council for Humane Treatment represented 2,400 inmates, and they took OSR to court. And they said that the facility was not fit for humans, the conditions weren't good, and the biggest issue was overcrowding. So we were only supposed to hold, like, 1,900 inmates, and we had swelled to about 3,500. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we were, we were packed. Where do you put them all? Like, <laughs> those cells are so tiny. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's two people per cell, right? Two, three, sometimes four. Four people in those cells? Guys, yeah. when, I'm, when I'm telling you, the cell was about the size of, if you have a pantry in your house mm-hmm. that has food mm-hmm. in it, like a walk-in pantry, that was about the size of Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- th- do we have a measurement? Uh, seven feet by nine feet on the east cell block. Seven feet by nine feet mm-hmm. for three or four people. Yeah. I used to live with three guys in a one-bedroom apartment, and that was hard. <laughs> so they closed it down, but obviously because it's a little bit of a, of a what would you call it, like a, like a, a famous building or whatever, like a, a monument. They didn't tear it down or anything like that. Well, obviously, they didn't. But No, um, they were going to tear the facility down, um, and then they kind of crunched the numbers, <laughs> and the state of Ohio didn't want to pay for it to be torn down. Mm-hmm. So we were a vacant building up until about 1993. That's when Shawshank came in. Um, and then after that, the fellows that we work for, MRPS, which stands for the Mansudo Formatory Preservation Society, we're a private historical nonprofit. We came in, started doing ghost hunts, um, tours, stuff like that. And then by 2001, we had finally convinced the state of Ohio to put it up for auction, and we were the only ones that showed up. So we got it for one dollar. <laughs> really? Yeah. Gave, yep. You bought the prison for one dollar, and they gave us our dollar back. Really? They just wanted it off their hands. So do you guys yeah. have to? Well, if you've been in there and there's not a lot of upkeep going on, it's like you have like maids cleaning it. Do you have to take care of the upkeep of it and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually have a whole restoration crew right now that's working to restore certain parts of the building. Because if you go in there, you can see there's like a a tour. This is a self tour. Mm-hmm. You walk around. Some of the other guys in the band went to the wardens. Because you left a lot of the scenery, uh, a lot of the props, I guess you'd say, from Shawshank yeah. Redemption, like the warden's office and the desk and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. What, else, what else is in there? Because I didn't get a chance to see that area. Yeah, so we have the safe in there as well. Um, we have actually the tunnel that Tim Robbins crawled through. So we've mm-hmm. got that as well. And yeah, a lot of the artwork and things that was left over from it. But you mentioned, though, that there's ghost hunts. Yes. So yeah. you're saying that it is official. There actually is paranormal activity. Yes. In that area. Yeah, at least in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of people, <laughs> it is definitely something there. And this is because, obviously, you mentioned like a 100 years of inmates going in and out of there. Mm-hmm. Some of the worst of the worst. I'm sure quite a few of them died while they were, they were inside. Mm-hmm. So kind of tell us some of the, some of the stories and, and some of the, the issues and, and, and things you might see. Zoe's always not been saying too much. <laughs> so I can tell um, an experience that my friend actually had, if you're interested in a personal story. Of course. So we were actually, every day after tours are over, we push the tour out, make sure nobody gets lost, and we don't lock anyone inside, of course. And we were on the third floor, which is where you kind of go into 
the chapel, which is like the first area um, where the inmates would be, like the division point between the administrative staff and the inmates. And um, my friend actually saw, like a coworker, saw a man in a full suit, like with a bowler cap and everything, um, go into a room. And she was like, "Hey, like you gotta, you gotta keep going. We're actually closing up the route. It's time to time to close." And she never saw him again, and she was really confused because it was like 90 degrees that day. No one should have been in a full suit, you know? Like an actual suit and tie suit? Yes, yep. And um, she went up to the front desk and asked if a man had come in in a full suit, and the front desk said that they never saw anyone, so she thinks that she saw a full-body apparition, which is pretty cool. And that's also pretty rare, like you said, a full-body apparition. Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's Usually we get a lot of orbs around here. We get, like, shadow figures, but... It's pretty rare that you see like a full body apparition, so that's pretty sick. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, now this is obviously because, like I said, so did a lot of inmates die in in the prison? Yeah, yeah. We don't know exactly how many. Um, I've heard anywhere from like you know two hundred, but between a thousand. If I had to guess, I would probably put it at about maybe six hundred, seven hundred. Um, but it's just hard to tell because some of our records aren't exactly the most consistent things in the world. No, but if you're talking about six or seven hundred, you know, yeah. uh, uh, souls dying there that are mean, evil people in a lot of ways, then it makes sense that there would be ghosts there. Yeah, of course. You know, because they always say like there's a lot of different places. Like there's <clears throat> the famous one. I think it's in Kentucky, which was like the Civil War, okay. uh, the like an infirmary, like a hospital. Oh for- yeah. Hundreds or you guys probably know which one it is or whatever it is, but where hundreds of people are dying and horrible disease deaths or you know war deaths, and it's one of the most haunted places in America because of it. So this is kind of the same vibe here. Sure, absolutely. I mean, we get people that come in here that say they've been scratched, feel like somebody pushed them, all those type of things, mm-hmm. hair pulled. Yeah, yeah, I got my hair pulled. Well, tell us a story. All right, so uh, <laughs> so I I do the ghost hunts. I do the uh, ghost walks here. So ghost walks are kind of a little bit more tame. It's like a nighttime tour, and then the ghost hunts. We open up the entire facility. You can walk around till like three in the morning. Um, Just kind of wander around. And yeah, wander around on your own. Ghost hunt. Yeah, see bring ghost hunt equipment. Yeah. And um, so I was down in the sub basement, which is underneath of solitary confinement. That's the original solitary confinement. Um, and then, like, have you ever heard of the hole? Like, when, like, Andy gets thrown in the hole? Well, yeah, because like even today, as a quick segue, there was the whole line of cells. <laughs> and right across, there was a little wee door that one of the producers went into with a door. I mean, obviously, maybe it's a hole or mm-hmm. one of the holes or something. It was super small, though. Yeah, there's a hole down in the basement. Um, that's the original hole. And I was doing a Beyond the Bars tour, which takes you to areas of the prison that aren't open to the public. And so we're down there. It's during the daytime. And I was talking about my ghost experiences. And I got something touched my shoulder. And it was like if someone has a really rough hands, you know, it kind of catches on the fabric. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Well, two weeks later, I was telling the same story. And mind you, this is all in the daytime. Um, I was telling the same story, and something pulled my hair. And it was like... um, like, if you ever, ever have brothers or, like, a dad, and they do that thing where they pull the back of your hair, but it's just real quick, kind of yeah, a little yeah, jerk, yeah. just to make you mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like that. And I completely lost my train of thought. Like, I was in the middle of a sentence. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess we're going to go back upstairs now. Well, I was talking to one of my coworkers outside, and I was like, you know, some weird stuff keeps happening downstairs during the daytime. And he was like, oh, yeah, there two boys died down there. The, the hole filled up with water and they drowned. I was like, you guys really didn't tell me about that before I was <laughs> down so there. Like, by like recently after the prison oh, closed? Oh, no, or no. This was, this was way Why in was the beginning. Why was there two boys hanging out in a prison? Um, well, we were a place for young first-time offenders. Oh, yeah, at so, first. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, even that's creepy that the water filled up and they just happened to fall in it and drown. Like, mm-hmm. it's so... That's, that's really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about some of the... Tell us a little bit more about the kind of the hole like what exactly that would ha- what, what would you do to get put in the hole how long would you stay in the hole? like for actual prisoners okay so um, not ghost prisoners but real, ones. <laughs> yeah, real ones okay i can do that yeah. so um basically solitary confinement or the hole is prison within the prison so um 
I'm fourth generation employee at OSR. Wait, is it really? Yeah. So yeah. four generations of your family have worked here at the prison. Yes, sir. In what capacity? So my great great grandfather was one of the first guards here in 1896. There's a little photo of him in the hallway um, from 1934. It's all the guards. My grandfather was the captain of the guard here. My grandmother was the first female employed. So this is where my, my grandma and my grandpa met. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, her office was on the west cell block. She had guys on both sides of her. Okay. So she loved it. Um, and then my dad got hired in the 80s, but we were kind of going a little bit downhill then, so he took a different different job. But now he's hired again as a tour guide. So we carpool. <laughs> <laughs> That's so amazing that, that basically, in a lot of ways, your family now owns oh, yeah. the, the prison. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, so you have a real affinity to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so you're mentioning four generations, and we're talking mm-hmm. about the whole. So my, my grandfather, who was captains of the guards, the way it works is that the captain of the guards and the warden are present during your disciplinary action in court hearing. And you go in as an inmate, they decide what you did wrong, and then you're sent to solitary confinement or the hole. Um, the hole would have been a just hole in the ground. You crawl down a ladder. Um, your food and your restroom are lowered down to you in a bucket, hopefully not the same bucket. Um, wow. But that got deemed cruel and unusual punishment. So, you know, was probably guess. But um, So we had to build solitary cells above that. Um, solitary was kept in either 24 hours of light, 24 hours of dark, kept it about 93 degrees year round and it just kind of at the will of the court how long you're going to stay down there at the will of the court or the warden um kind of both so we had a courthouse that was in the facility um and there were f- about five judges the warden and then the captains of the guards and they would all decide together so what would the average time that you were in the hole be a um, day no, no. Usually, usually the hole itself would have been for weeks at a time. Weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's enough to drive you crazy. Yeah. I mean, like I said, literally just being in there and and oh, let's walk inside the cell. And of course, it's I'm thinking that some ghost is going to close the cell and lock it. <laughs> I'm stuck there forever. But it's hard just to be in that in that prison with the little window with the bars on it. You just look through it like. Very in not inhumane. Like it, it's a real depressing prison. Like you Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. even you see like all the paint is. Oh yeah. It looks like it's been underwater in the ocean. Like all the algae mm-hmm. and kind of it looks like that sort of a vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to be in there and be in the hole, I mean that's enough to to drive you nuts. Um, a lot of solitary confinement was actually meant to mess with the inmates' minds. Like they would usually keep solitary, like whether it be the hole or the normal solitary, in twenty four hours of light or 24 hours of darkness, so like, within a couple days you wouldn't know, like, left from right, like, you would have no clue what anything was, or like, when you were awake, when you were asleep, when you had eaten, how long you had been in there, so, it was, yeah, it was pretty cruel. Imagine being in the dark for 24 hours, you said you wouldn't know. Yeah, you'd lose your whole sense of time and everything. It's like being in a Vegas casino. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what time it is. Max bet, max bet. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us some more of, uh, some some more ghostly stories. Uh, as for more ghost stories, um, the same closet that Zoe was talking about that, that our coworker saw somebody in, um, my father was giving a tour and, um, we're okay. Thanks. <laughs> my father was giving Is a tour. A yeah. <laughs> the door and there's nobody out there. Replay the tape. Replay the tape. <laughs> so he was, um, he was giving a, a tour and these people had come up from Tennessee and they wanted to see a place that freaks him out. Um, my dad has worked in corrections for like 30-something years, just retired. And so the only the only room that freaks him out is the room that that closet's in. Mm-hmm. He's like, every time I go in there, I get static up the back of my legs and into my head. It just freaks him out. So he took these people from Tennessee in there, and before he could even tell them what you know he experiences, the dad was like, oh, I feel like there's like electricity in here. He's like, that's what I feel, whatever. So they go into another room, and their son, who was like, about our age, 1920, he was stayed in the room and just was hanging out in the closet. Not but like two minutes later, he comes running out of the room and into the room that dad and the parents are in, and he's got tears down his face. Like, not, you know, physically crying, but he's he had been crying. He's like, I saw a bald man in that closet. And dad's like, a bald man? And we're like, yeah, yeah, I saw a bald man in that closet. Two days later, we get a picture of a full-body apparition of a bald man in the closet. Two days later from where? Um, two days later, another oh, tourist. You got, oh, yeah, wow! Another tourist took a photo, and it's a bald man in the closet. Now, is there ever any uh, trying to piece together who it might be? Um, 
It could really, it could be a guard, because the area that they're talking about would have been where the guards would have stayed. If they would have, like, rented out the rooms by the month or by the day to, like, if they, like, weren't going to be home for a while or if they just needed an excuse to, I don't know, get away from home, mm-hmm. you know. And so it could have been a guard, it could have been a warden at one point. I don't know, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you have some stories with some of the inmates that were like, who's some of the most famous inmates? You talk about the worst of the worst. Um... One of our most famous inmates isn't known for being bad. He's known for being pretty good. Um, he was, his name is Gates Brown. He was born and raised in Crestline, came to OSR, and was on the baseball team. He was really good, really good at baseball. Um, and so good that we even built stadium seating around the baseball diamond so like the guards and the wardens could go wow. out. Like inmates, everybody would just watch him hit. And one time my grandpa went out to watch him hit while he's while he's uh, eating his lunch and Gates sits all the way over the mess hall that's a really long way and the inmates go nuts yelling and cussing at Gates he's Kenny's like oh man we gotta go break up this fight right so he goes over and they're like we're not mad at him that was our last ball we only got five <laughs> balls a week so it wasn't really popular but he got signed by the Detroit Tigers while he was in jail uh yeah he got signed um went out uh played for the t- he got released um played for the Tigers for you know Interesting. 20-something years. He has three American League records to this day. No kidding. And he was on the 1968 World Series championship team. That sounds like a movie right there. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you mentioned earlier that some people come in with ghost hunting equipment, like what kind of stuff are they bringing in? Uh, a lot of them will bring different things. So video cameras, flashlights, they'll have K2 meters, a whole bunch of stuff. What else? The K2 meters, the one that shows the energy level of... Of the, of the apparition or whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah, and a lot of people sometimes will have feelings, whether that's in their house or whatever. They know we ghost hunt. They know a lot of people here have experience with it. So they'll come and almost kind of ex- try to, you know, figure out if it's real or not. Mm-hmm. So they come here, and we have a lot of tour guides. We have friends and family. They'll come here being like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it's real. And then they work here for a little bit. They change their mind pretty quick. Yeah. It's amazing. There's a there's a venue in Milwaukee. It's called the Eagles Ballroom, okay. and it's another place that is apparently haunted. And if you go into the basement, there's like a like the water the hot water heater, and there used to be a pool down there that's drained now. Apparently, some kids drowned in the pool, and it's haunted. And when you go down into that basement, you can feel something's not right. Like ah, it's haunted. It's haunted. You go down there, it's like it's really really creepy. Because yeah. I find you know because I've had a couple experiences myself. When you are surrounded by that energy, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right. As an animal, as a mammal, like, you know, like, I got to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Fight or right? flight. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's why when people don't bring in, don't believe it, it's like when you feel it, something's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a different vibe to it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so when you're talking about some of these inmates and this sort of things, like what kind of like the worst of the worst... Do we know some of the crimes that these these guys committed? Or um, it was anything from you know armed robbery to murder to anything that you can really think of. Um, there were guys that were in there for small stuff, committed murder while they were in prison, and then just kind of got sentenced. You know, their sentences built on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you know of any of the? Any of the worst of the worst at the at OSR? <laughs> the worst of the worst? Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, Frank Hanger's murder. I oh, don't yeah. know much about the inmate, but that's one of our most famous uh, ghost stories. It's actually in solitary confinement. A uh, guard by the name of Frank Hanger got uh, bludgeoned to death by, by an inmate who got out of his solitary cell. Mm-hmm. So that inmate was probably one of the worst of the worst since he uh, mm-hmm. murdered a guard. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Robert Daniels and John West. So they were two inmates that met down, they got paroled, met down in Columbus, and then wanted to get revenge on one specific guard at OSR. And so they came back up to Mansfield, started hitting the bottle, got a little bit too drunk, couldn't figure out which house was his. And right across the way, we had a honors farm. So they ended up at the superintendent of the honors farm's house. So they took him, his daughter, and his wife 
took them out uh, down the street from here to a cornfield and shot them all dead. Um, and then it was like a four-week total and complete crime spree. Ended in a shootout at the Ohio-Indiana line. Um, and then John West was killed in the shootout. Robert Daniels was taken into custody, taken down to Ohio Penn, which was the max uh, prison in Columbus, and then was executed in the electric chair. But here's the really cool part, at least for me it, it is, but that chair that he was electrocuted in is now back here at the Ohio State Reformatory where he met his buddy, wow. where it all started, like 100 yards from yeah, his Yeah, so it's back. It's interesting. So what you're saying is they got out together, and then what, did they wait outside for the guy to get off work or something? Or? Yeah. Yep. And they just kidnapped him and put him in there. Yep. What year was this? Uh, this was in 1948, I believe. If it wasn't 48, it was definitely in the 40s. pretty crazy yeah. times back then. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, to think, you know, everybody's so overly sensitive about everything nowadays. And back then, they're putting people in holes and shooting guards, like yeah. executing guards yeah. in, in cornfields or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. You know, it's it's a different uh, it's a different time. Like, that prison now, you could not, you couldn't have it up and running no never you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like just like i said just going in there and seeing it has it deteriorated is that what it looked like 20 years or 30 years ago i mean it's definitely deteriorated i hear inmates that'll come back from the 80s you know we close in 1990 and i'll hear inmates say that it was so bad even in the 80s that rats were coming out of the toilets and it was just horrible while the prison was still open oh yeah oh my gosh yeah what when you talk about your great grandfather, you know, and, and and is there family stories of things that that your great grandfather saw or your grandmother? Or? Um, I I know a lot of stories from my grandmother. She's still alive. She's eighty one. Um, her whole house is made. Whole house is decorated with inmate artwork. Um, inmate armor. Artwork. Artwork. Oh, yep, artwork. So and she's so desensitized to the whole thing. Like you'll ask. Hey, Grandma, where'd you where'd you get this painting? Oh, some prisoner made it for me. Like, what was he in for? Murder. And then just kind of go off and do something else. <laughs> like, okay, Grandma, whatever. <laughs> was, she a, was she a guard? A prison no, guard? Oh. she, um, so she started out as a secretary mm-hmm. to the assistant superintendent. And then she started ra- uh, reading the rule book and realized that she would get paid more if she was a certified typist. And she was a single mother at this time, raising four kids. She divorced her husband when divorce really wasn't a thing in the early 60s. Right. And um, so she drove herself to and from Columbus and got certified. Um, and then she uh, realized that we didn't have sex offender classes. Because if you have sex offenders, you have to have sex offender classes. And she goes, I'll teach them. So she taught three tiers of them and then ended up being a caseworker by the time that she moved out of the prison. Gotcha. Yep. So what kind of stories would she tell you? Oh, gosh. She has this story of... Um, this guy that lived on her range where her office was it was she was he was a couple cells down i can't remember his name but he was drunk all the time all the time he made prison hooch so you put fruit in your trash bag and then let it ferment and so she always knew that there needed to be a shakedown when her whole office would fill with fruit flies and so she made she made buddies with this guy because she thought he was hilarious getting drunk all the time and one time uh she brought him a uh newspaper he was from West Virginia, and my family's from West Virginia, so we had a family reunion. She brought him back to the newspaper. She goes, you would have thought I gave him gold bars. And he was really, really drunk, and he started leaning up against the bars and was going, Judy Schaefer, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> when I get out of here, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> so she thought he was a hoot and half. But <laughs> Did she ever see anything uh, ghostly at all? My grandmother? Yeah. No. Okay. No. My grandma hasn't hasn't seen anything, but she also has never been here at night. Mm. And it's been a long time since she's been here. Um, there, There's a cluster of houses across the street. That's where my whole family lived. So we lived right across the street from OSR, and they had some weird stuff in their house. Mm. But um, In the house? Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of like a bleeding? Yeah. Effect. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Overlapping. <laughs> yeah. What about your father? My dad? Yeah. Um, his experiences... Um, he's had a lot of videos of orbs orbs with, with him um, so like Zoe was saying orbs are our most common things right so we see a lot of orbs which are basically just little white circles in pictures and the weird thing about those is a lot of people try and debunk them by saying that it's just reflection of light but there's in one infamous room in our in our prison the chair room it's one of the most paranormally active rooms in the building um, there are no windows in the in the room, and at night there is absolutely no natural light in that room. I have seen more photos of orbs in that room than any other room in the building, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense because there is no reflective light. 
no source of light. Like, it just doesn't make sense for there to be an orb in those rooms. Yeah, and technology has really helped us in the last couple of years. Cause How do you mean? With, with iPhones now, you can do, like, the live photos, where if you touch and hold it down, it does right. that. And it's kind of cool for us because, you know, a couple years ago, you could look at a photo and be like, okay, that's an orb, but is it is it just dust or whatever? But in the photos that we get shown, if you push, like, the live button, you can see it fly and kind of, you know, expand and contract and do stuff like that. Um, Dad's had more experience with orbs. Um, he has people that take videos of him while he's doing his tour. And they're orbs that'll go inside his head for a while and then come back out the other side. We joke it means that there's just nothing in there. They get lost. <laughs> but it'll, like, come in around. In one ear, out the other. Yeah, yeah. Come around his legs, go around, whatever. Um, but and and, and what, what, does he feel anything when these orbs go inside his head? Um, no, not that he... Not that he knows of, um, but the only thing that he's really gotten creeped out about is that closet. Mm. That's the one that he... And he's gotten orbs in that closet as well. People take photos or videos of him, and you can see them, blue orbs around his feet and in his head and whatever. And he gets like goosebumps mm-hmm. and up in, t- in the top of his head. The hairs on his neck stand up. That's well, of you guys obviously know, know about this. We're talking about orbs. Explain what you think orbs might be, or what's the scientific... Or the or the paranormal explanation. Um, I just think they might be, I don't know, a sign of a, a spirit in the area. That, I mean, I think it's pretty. It has to be a pretty strong um, spirit to form a full body apparition. So I'm just thinking that maybe the orbs are a little less aggressive spirit, a little less, I don't know, obvious, like just less um, strong. Mm-hmm. You know, they might just be just kind of hanging out, or they might just be, you know. Flying around, mm-hmm. you know, you see like in the movies or cartoons, like a ghost is like a guy with like kind of the sheet. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is the, what a real ghost looks sure. like. Yeah. You know, we're expecting to see Casper, but it's really it's these really just an orb. balls yeah. of energy and orbs, right? Yep. I always kind of imagined it like Dracula. You know how Dracula goes from point A to point B as a bat? Mm-hmm. I always imagined that that's the way that ghosts do it. Mm. I mean, I don't know if anybody yeah. shares my opinion. <laughs> sure. But I always figured, you know, they just kind of whoop into a, mm. into an orb, go to point A and point B, and then maybe they can manifest themselves into a larger, more solid apparition. What do you think, Dan? What's always been interesting to me is people that try to believe that the paranormal doesn't exist or that things like that, I've always told them, there's definitely an energy here and I think you feel that whether it's day whether it's night walking through here and I think sometimes that's some of that what you feel whether that is you know the orb or whatever I think there is definitely no doubt that paranormal exists here I mean you think about all these you know men that died here and things that happened to him we actually have a former inmate who's a tour guide here so he actually does an inmate tour and he was here in 1969 and 1970 and he 100% believes that this place really oh yeah so what's what's his explanations or what's his stories? So one of the big things for him now is you know Frank Hanger and all these stories and things like that. And he Frank Hanger was the uh, the guard, the guard, yeah, that, from Solitary. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I think the thing why I, I've done a lot of walkthroughs with him and interviews and things like that we've done. I think he holds a connection to the inmates. I think sometimes the inmates don't want to interact with somebody if they think that it's a joke or they're just trying to get, you know, push me or do something like that. Mm -hmm. But the way he talks to them and the interactions, he can get them to, you know, if he puts a flashlight and he can get them to light it up. And I've never seen anybody be able to do the stuff that he can do. He'll have you put a flashlight down and somebody could go for two hours. Then he goes in there and says, you know, tell me if you're here, boom, right on. I mean, it's crazy stuff I've never seen anywhere else. Is it possible that maybe the the spirits, like you said, they uh, relate to him because he was a, a, yeah. pris- a prisoner? Yeah. He's not one of the suits or one of the... Yeah, absolutely. One, because yeah. I don't think sometimes prisoners want to talk to somebody who's, you know, maybe a police officer you never or something. You talk to the, yeah. to the guards or the cops. Absolutely. You talk to your guy. Right? So that it's very interesting because I think depending on who you are and your background, I think they can feel that and understand because a lot of people have different reactions mm-hmm. to stuff. It's really a personal basis. It's, it's crazy. It's interesting you mentioned the energy because I've done a couple paranormal shows for the Travel Channel. Okay. Go around different places and one of them is called the Bridgewater Triangle which is kind of in the Boston area mm-hmm. over New mm-hmm. England. Bottom line is uh, there was it was a big war, uh, King David's War, where like 5,000 Indians, Native Americans and colonists, uh, pilgrims, those type of guys, were killed. And you go to this area, and there's, it's the most haunted area in America or whatever, but it's just the vibe to it. Yeah. Because you know that lots of people died. Sure. 
here. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you go there, you can feel something is not right. Mm -hmm. And even today, going in the prison, it was in the middle of the day, and there's so many people around and stuff. But just going in there, it's not hard to oh yeah to feel mm -hmm. what 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 it is because it's, it's it's an ugly place. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, um, we went another place we went to was in New Orleans, in the in the, in the swamps of New Orleans, where um, there was this hurricane that was apparently caused by a voodoo priestess, where like 50 people died. And we went to like the area where the, supposedly they're buried. And the ghost guys had the, what was it called, the K, cave three meter? Uh, K2. K2 yeah. meter. This is one better, a K3. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they had it, and, um, and these guys, listen, you can tell, like, they're legit. Sure. You know, they, they're, not, they're just like young guys, and they're super into it, kind of nerdy. And we went to try and find some of these ghosts or get some activity, and I had a machete because we were in the bayous. And I was cutting down some of the vines and the branches and stuck the machete in the ground. Do a little thing. They open the K2. Uh, they give it. Every time they point it at me, it goes super green all the way across the board. Wow. And you just, they were like freaking out. We've never seen this yeah. before. And I'm like, give me this thing. Like, is there a button on it? The pressing, no, 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 no. I pointed this guy, nothing, this guy, nothing, this guy. I pointed at myself, green. Mm -hmm. And it kept going on. And it was really freaky. And I started feeling like I had just come off a roller coaster. Like my insides were sh shaken up. Mm -hmm. Like someone grabbed me. And, went, chick, 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 chick. and you can feel like, like I said, something's not right. Like I don't like this anymore. I even said to the director, like, I don't want to do this, man. Like, yeah. I want to end this. And it was on my arm. Pointed right at my arm right there. And I thought, okay, I have a metal plate in my arm. Maybe it's the metal. Pointed other things of metal, nothing. Anyways, I finally pulled the machete out of the ground. And it stopped. And I was wondering, maybe when I put the machete in the ground, it, you know, maybe the spirits that were buried, maybe maybe it's disrespectful, maybe sure. they feel it. Yeah. Maybe it's like getting poked with a Absolutely. voodoo needle or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that feeling that I had is probably the same feeling that you were talking about, where you know something isn't right. And you can go, well, I don't believe any of this. Okay, but you believe the way that you internally feel. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, you didn't just suddenly, like, get nauseous or whatever it is for no reason. It's not nauseous. It's another feeling I've never had before. If you believe in it, you totally know that something went down. Mm -hmm. And the moment, you know, I righted the wrong of whatever it was that I did, they kind of went away. I still got cleansed after by the voodoo guys oh, yeah. there. <laughs> make sure you don't take any spirits home with you, you know, because then you get into all the thing with the attachments and all these other things, right? Yep. Um, but, yeah, you know the difference. When yeah. you feel that. You Absolutely. Know? And for me, at least, um, I really I really get what you're saying, because unlike, unlike Elena and unlike most of the peop my coworkers, I haven't had a legitimate experience at the prison, but I am 100% a believer, because like you said, like you feel that energy, and you definitely, I've definitely felt like spiritual energy around me. I've just never seen like, a, like an apparition or anything cool like that, but <laughs> I've definitely felt the energy. So. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. made you decide to want to come work at the prison? Is this kind of like the cool job to have if you live in the area? Yeah, I, I, a friend kind of hooked me up, so. So what, and what do you, what, what's your guys' official job? You just curators and, and ghost tour guys? Um, so I'm a tour guide, and then I'm also um, a marketing intern here. Okay. So I, I work under Dan. Dan's my boss. <laughs> yeah, so I'm the associate director, so I help with, like, uh, planning the paranormal programs, events, uh, fundraising, just kind of everything we do, how to your marketing, publicity. So a lot of cool hats. If we make movies, get to be part of all that, music videos. So it's a fun gig for what, sure. What music videos have been filmed here? Uh, we actually did one, Godsmack, who's coming here tomorrow. They actually did a music video here a long time ago. We just did one with uh, country artist Eric Church. Uh, we shot a music or a movie here uh, two years ago with Stallone and Dave Batista. 
So that just no came kidding. out. Yeah, oh yeah. Dave's a good friend of mine. Uh, is he really? Yeah. yeah. I have to tell him that I'm here. Which which one is that that you guys? So do? it's called Escape Plan, the Extractors. Yeah. Yeah. So it just came out at uh, you know Target, all that to buy. Yeah, he was here. So huge fight scenes in the prison, all that. So we wow. got to hang out with him and yeah. uh, show him around. Stuff. Great was, guy. Oh yeah, yeah. he's a great time. So you have to check it out because now you'll know all the places that he was in. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that just came out last week. How about you, Zoe? Um, I've been a docent for the past two years. A what? So I'm a docent. I mean, so I basically just like uh, you walk around, answer questions, and you make sure people don't get lost on the tours. Like on so the it's called guys. it's called a docent. Yep. I've never heard that word. Museum before. docent. Have people ever gotten lost in there? Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially on the Beyond the Bars tour, when we take people into places that are off the tour route, sometimes people will that aren't on the tour will come in, and you have to chase them out, or. Uh, People who are on the tour will stop and take pictures and then, like, lose the group, you know? So that's kind of what my job was. To find that's a docent's job? Yep. Yeah. I lost the I'm whole a... family one time. Who did yeah. you lose the family? I don't know. I don't know where they went. We, we <laughs> They've <laughs> never been found. No, forever. We're yeah. pretty sure they're just a pile of bones somewhere. Yeah. We'll find them eventually. But yeah. no. We got down to the shower. I was like, man, we're looking a little light. And then I counted everybody up. I lost the whole family. I have no idea how I lost them. They just <laughs> wandered <laughs> off. Eventually reappeared. Yeah. yeah, they had they had walked off and told Zoe they took their stuff off and was like, "We're done." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Okay." You get a lot of people coming through. Like, is it every night, or do you have certain days of the week, or weekends mostly are busiest? Or yeah. And like throughout the summer, we're just crazy busy. Yeah. We're open seven days a week from eleven wow. to four, and uh, yeah, we're crazy busy. Yeah, we're we can do about it. a thousand people a day in the summer, so mm-hmm. it's awesome. What do you guys do for Halloween? Yes, yeah, so we actually have, uh, we turned the whole place into a haunted house for six weeks and, uh, you know, it can be creepy enough on its own. There's actually a lot of the haunt actors who have worked in places like solitary confinement. They'll work there for a week or two and say, I got to get out of here. I can't breathe and like actually have things happen. What do you mean the actors that are in Yeah, yeah. They're trying to scare people and then they're having paranormal stuff. I was going to say, it's a haunted house. You just open the door, shut the lights off and let the Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, but that's really popular too. So we do probably forty to fifty thousand people for Halloween. Wow! So mm-hmm. let's talk as, as we wind down here a little bit about Shawshank Redemption because I just saw that about six months ago. I hadn't seen it in a while. It's such one of the best movies ever. And oh yeah, absolutely. Was, was there things that happened even just related to the movie that was cool? How did they find this place? How long were they there for? Yeah, um, I know there was somebody that worked for the Ohio Film Commission, and they knew that they were trying to shoot the movie in Ohio, so I think they connected and said, hey, come check out our prison. Basically, they had the entire run of everything, do whatever you want to it, so mm. I don't think there's a lot of prisons that you can go into and just take over, you know, full control and, you know, drill into whatever you want, do whatever you want, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, and when you pull up to this place, I mean, it's just so iconic, I mean, it mm. looks like a castle, and there's just, there's really not a lot of places like this, and I think that was one of the things probably to help sell it, too. Mm-hmm. Especially since it's, clo- it's it was closed, so oh, yeah. like you said, they're not going to disrupt anything. Yeah. You know, absolutely. We actually have the Shawshank 25th anniversary this year. So next month we're having a big celebration, getting a lot of the actors back and doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like to have like panels and Q and A's. Yeah. Sort of thing. Oh yeah. It's interesting because, like I said, I mean, it's 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 when you go in there and see some of those things. Like I said, like the it's funny when you ask the warden's desk hey let's take a picture behind the warden's desk but it's the same one right sure it's really cool I think for people because they love that movie and it's so iconic to people mm-hmm. for them to be able to come experience it because a lot of places they're sets or they tear them down that's what I mean yeah yeah so you, the, the fact that it's still a lot of it is intact and you can walk the same halls and the same places they did I think that's an incredible thing to be able to offer to people mm-hmm. and what I always say on my tours is like the best part of be, about being at Shawshank Prison is going back home and rewatching the movie because you get that, I don't know, it's a, it's a different experience to watch the movie at home and never have been there. And then you tour, and then you get to rewatch the movie, and you're like, okay, I was there. Okay, that looks familiar, whatever. And then it's even better if you get to come back and kind of you know retrace your steps. That's what we drive mm-hmm. my mom crazy. She won't watch Shawshank with Dad and myself anymore because we <laughs> pause and rewind and do all sorts of stuff. <laughs> it's like watching a movie with a super nerdy, <laughs> nerdy trivia guy. Oh, like, yeah. This is the name. Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop already. I'm like, I'm like pausing it. I'm like, did you know? <laughs> I actually didn't see the Shawshank Redemption until after I started working here. Mm-hmm. So I knew all the trivia and all the facts as I was watching it. I was like, hey, look at that. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. We get people from all over the world to come here because they just love Shawshank so much. 
much. So it's really a cool thing to offer to people. It'd be cool, like you said, if they come back. I wonder if like Tom Hanks would come back or Tom Robbins or whatever. Or not Tom, he's Tim Robbins. Yeah, Morgan Freeman, yeah. I, I got it mixed up with Green Mile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're hoping. So, you know, some of the actors coming back, the ward, and then a lot of the, you know, other people. But we're trying to still get Tim and Morgan. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. It's intriguing uh, that, once again, that you're fourth generation. Did you always, like, know, like, when I grow up, I want to work at the prison, too? You know, I didn't. I, uh, I was looking for a summer job. Um, I had no idea, I mean, that that they really did the tours at the scale that we do. Um, I saw that they had a job posting at a coffee house in Mansfield, and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I like to talk. So <laughs> I, I applied for the job, and I got here, and it just it felt like home. It really did. And it was and it was really great for me because my grandma is my last living grandparent. So I get to have those special moments with sure. her where we You're sit more down. Common and, with her now, yeah. Yeah, sit down and talk about OSR. Um, grandpa's gone, so we get to she gets to, you know, take out his stuff and we get to have that connection and um, just recently she gave me his sergeant's badge mm. from, from when he was here. And she was like, you know, you eat breathe and sleep osr i think you ought to have this yeah. so that's kind of cool it's part of your family right family, yeah family tree family history yeah. what's your uh what's your favorite part of the of the prison all of it <laughs> um my favorite part of the prison are honestly the spooky parts i i'm super into the paranormal stuff i really like the west attic that's one of our paranormal hot spots it's, what happens in the west attic what is it um, it was basically this room, it was used as an overflow hospital, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, there are still, like, hospital beds set up in there, like, original mm-hmm. hospital beds, and it's super creepy. There's, like, access to the attic on both sides, which is, like, a higher attic, like, the next level mm-hmm. attic, which is pretty sweet, so that's probably my favorite spot. Yeah. What you, Dan? Uh... I don't know that I have a favorite. I think the cell blocks are really cool to have just because there's not a lot of places like that that are left. And I think that's really cool just for everything, for tours. For Maybe like the actual prison cells? Yeah, I think so. And just to give people the opportunity, I think for paranormal and things like that, it's just crazy. You can walk in there and I just don't have a feeling like that everywhere. I mean, just the scale of seeing all of that. And, uh, you know, some of it is obviously very sad to think about all the people being in there, but I think the ability to just kind of keep that moment in time a little bit, because you just, when you walk in there, I don't know, you just have, you feel it. You feel the energy, you feel kind of everything has happened there, and I think it's just, it's probably my favorite. Like I said, because I was filming something for Access TV with uh, this, this guy called Eddie Trunk, and <clears throat> the first time I went in there, we're on camera, yeah. walk into the cell, Eddie walks in the cell too, and like I said, like... Dude, can you imagine like the two of us? In, like I've known him for twenty years. Like, sure. Imagine if we were cellmates. Like, there's nowhere to go. No, not and, at all. Like I said, I was had a little prison time for like a couple days, which drove me crazy. Can you imagine having a year? No. in a small little area. Oh yeah. I mean, that to me, just going in that yes. part of it. Never mind the paranormal aspect of it. Sure. It's just really, really like makes you never want to do anything wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> How about you? Um, I have two. Um, one of them, I like to go into my grandmother's old office on the cell block um, because on the walls, uh, she put stencils up on the walls to make her office feel a little bit more homey and they're still there. So I like to go in there and then I love to go to the guard tower. The guard tower. The guard Explain tower. Explain what that is. So um, we have pretty much one guard tower that that is sturdy enough to actually go up. Um, you go up a wrought iron spiral staircase for what feels like forever and then once you get up to the top you can see um, pretty much all of Mansfield from up there you can see the prisons behind us you can see down the hill um, and that is where the guards would sit up there and make sure that nobody escaped yeah and there's still a toilet and still a stove and all sorts of stuff up there is there is the big courtyard obviously that's like you see in the movie that's because I didn't see that part of it yeah so the um, all of our outbuildings um, so our yard was 15 acres all the way back and it's all gone um, the 25 foot wall is gone as well they tore all of that down in 1994 to build the new facility directly behind us it I mean butts right up against us it's like they stole it from us no but no no it it had to happen and they were gonna the state of Ohio was gonna tear down the main building as well but just didn't get around to it thank goodness yeah yeah you know you're never going to see another prison like this again i mean i don't even know if there's any other prisons in the states that are still open alcatraz is not open it's the other example i can think of mm-hmm. i don't think it is i mean i think pretty much these style 
prisons all across the country are, are shut down. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yep. Correct, right. Last question for you. What's the scariest story that you've heard or, or from the prison? It doesn't necessarily have to be ghostly, violent or scary or something like that. Okay, so um, we had a barbershop at the reformatory. We're full of bad ideas. One of them is a barbershop. And so this barbershop, um, inmates could cut other inmates' hair. They could also give other inmates shaves. And so my grandfather was at, um, on his post in the, in the gar, um, barbershop, and he looks over just at the same moment that an, another inmate took his opportunity and cut the other inmate's throat that he was given a shave to. What? Yep, all the way back. Oh my all the gosh! Way back. Were they were they practicing to be barbers or something? Yeah, or? yeah. They could they could practice and train, and then they would be open to the public. So let's say that like you were coming to visit me in prison, and you thought, hey, what the heck? I'll get my hair cut. You could get it cut by an inmate, and they were just training, just one on one. And my grandpa said, my grandpa was a veteran, and he, he goes, it was the darnest thing. He goes, it went all the way back, nearly decapitated him. He got up to run, like with the injury, got up to run, and then just kind of blood out. Wow. Yeah. And then after that, we didn't do a barbershop anymore. <laughs> that was, was kind of like the, maybe we shouldn't wow. give straight razors to yeah. convicted criminals Shave anymore. Shave and a haircut. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You guys got one? Um, I, I don't have a scary story, but I have an escape story. Let's hear it. So, um, we actually had a shoe factory and the inmates were given jobs to kind of like get, get a trade and you know, yeah. so when they went out back out into the society, they had like a skill or a trade so they could make money. And, um, we had one inmate who decided he was going to escape out of prison. So he put himself into a box and he got into like the shipping area and he felt the car like go and he was like oh i'm, I'm home free like i'm, I'm out of here and he felt the car stop and he waited for a bit and he was like all right i'm gonna wait make sure that everyone's gone and he got he gets out of the box and he finds himself at the ohio state penitentiary um in columbus which is <laughs> at the time was a worse prison than <laughs> so he basically went from like kind of a medium security facility to a maximum security facility and they uh, called up the warden at, at our prison, and they were like, so do you want this guy back or what? And we were, he, our warden was like, no, you can keep him. So he just stayed there. Just imagine that, right? I'm free. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. No. Oh, no. <laughs> you got one, Dan? Probably the story that I tell the most is I used to be, I, I think a little bit when I started skeptical and whether paranormal existed or not, and I can remember opening the route one time and the lights for the building and things like that and I heard screaming as I was by the chapel and it sounded like somebody that had gotten stabbed or something like that and there was nobody in the building so I have the cameras on my phone so I could see the parking lot all that ran down to make sure nobody was here I thought well maybe it's the wind or sometimes we get pigeons in the building you know we got like broken windows still at the top and I've never heard something like that again and clear as day somebody screaming so that was pretty crazy and that was like 9.30 in the morning so yeah, it wasn't at night or anything like that, and that and it was loud. I mean, it took the whole area. So that was crazy. The ghost got up early. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. But I was a believer after that. Let me tell you, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much. It was super. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks great. for having yeah. us on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I know you asked you asked me earlier, Elaine, if you wanted if I wanted a shave, and I'm not going to. Yeah. Have now. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's okay. <laughs> 